0: All right, so we are continuing our reading today, getting into chapter seven of uh, this this book by uh, Rice Brooks, um, God's Not Dead. And um today's reading starts off <clears throat> talking about the meaning of life. and 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 um, this is <laughs> this is really one of those readings, today's reading uh, that if you really go down the rabbit hole and think hard about some of the things that are said, he he quotes, you know everybody from Nietzsche to uh, C.S. Lewis, um, I mean, there's a litany of people that are quoted in here who who all are talking about meaning of life. and And if you go down the rabbit hole, you can think about this stuff enough to make your head hurt. And um, it's really it's really good. Um, and then he and then he turns to evolution, uh, and he talks about evolution for a bit, and then he comes back to meaning. I'm going to comment on evolution and finish with meaning. And, and the the thing about evolution that just kind of the bottom line that he cites here is there are a lot of similarities between the various animals and you know including man and and the ape, uh, but there are some distinct elements that are different between a lot of these different species. And if you really press hard and find credible, uh, you know credible scientific. Uh, according to Brooks, if you press hard and find credible scientists in, in, in the field of evolutionary uh, science, they will admit that there's a leap to get from one certain types of species to others. It is a leap to get from ape to man. Now, we may share 98% of the same DNA and all of that, but there's a leap to get from one to the other. And, and, and credible scientists will admit that. While it looks like you go from A to B to C to D, and you go from ape to man, there's ju- it's just not that easy. And credible science has really accepted that reality. Um, and then the other thing I'll say about this this chapter on evolution is Brooks is obviously incredibly well studied and 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 great a Christian, great Christian apologists a lot of times are very well studied in the arguments around. You know, the, the cosmos and creation and the Big Bang and evolution and science and the difference between man and ape and all that. And the way I would view the chapter like this is if, if you have this book, if you're reading this book, earmark this chapter. Know that there was a time when you really were thoroughly exposed to the truth about evolution and, and science and what science does and doesn't say and can and can't prove. And you don't have to remember it all and you don't have to go study it all, but you can know where you found that information so that if you wanted to dig in later, you have a, a chapter that has a bunch of sightings and a bunch of research that you could go back to and, and spin off of. This is a great place um, to build your apologetics library or faith library in your mind. So it's it's great stuff. And then turning to the topic of meaning, um, he he makes, he makes a really good point that, that it's, there's no coincidence that the greatest selling book of all time, apart from the Bible, is The Purpose Driven Life. And, and, and the question is, why is that? Now, there's a cynical answer. The cynical answer is there are enough Christians in the world that who have, who have you know, as a population, purchased the book. And, and just by math, that makes it to where it could be the greatest selling book of all time. And, and, and I know <clears throat> there's actually some reasonableness to that answer, but at the same time, at the same time, I know uh, several people who are not uh, practicing Christians and even a, a few atheists uh, that have read this book um, and, and have commented about the book um, and commented in, in nice ways about the book, um, complimented the book even, um, because the book makes faith fairly approachable because it's a lot of principles and ideas and it's not it's not um, uh, it, it's not judgmental and and it, it's inviting in another, in other words and and so at any rate <clears throat> I don't think the Christian answer you know the Christian population is the only reason it's the the greatest selling book of all time I think the conclusion you have to come to is that people live in a quest for meaning and and that is that is that is, I mean, there's, think of it this way. Uh, there's no way around the fact that my two COVID kittens, we are one of those families that's gotten pets in the midst of COVID. One of them is sitting right next to me right now. There's, there's, there's no way around the fact that my two COVID kittens um, are not sitting around pontificating about the meaning of life. They're not doing that. They're, they're, all they're focused on is the bird that's running outside the window or the squirrel or the food that, that I'm going to put down at some point for them. And that they're not not—they're not thinking about meaning. That is a purely human thing. Now, <clears throat> I'm about to say something that has nothing to do with Brooke's book. So do not associate anything I'm about to say with Brooke's book. This is me and somebody probably will hate me for it. But um <clears throat> it seems like to me that right now the world is full of different belief sets um, that people are strongly um, uh, trying to find meaning in the world, maybe more than ever right now. You can find people that believe man and animals should have equal rights. You can find people that believe man and animals and even plants should have equal rights. And and you can easily find um, people that think certain people have all the rights think of the ku klux klan um and there are there are people uh, you know there are people that think that they were born the wrong gender and that nature messed up and um and and we're actually fighting about that as a country right now and arguing um that there isn't such a thing as a man or a woman and and the reason um i think the reason we're fighting about things like this is because we have we have Accepted this notion that, that that there's no ultimate truth, and and without a god or without a creator um, of some kind at least, this is the result. The worst part is that this leads to a predictable outcome. When when we when that we don't accept an ultimate truth, it leads to an, a, a predictable outcome. And the, and the the outcome is this: if you believe something and I believe something else, eventually, eventually we've got to resolve that. And the only way to resolve that without ultimate truth is is power and uh, politics is stands in the place of power so eventually if we don't agree the only thing we can do is turn to our political you know leaders to choose and eventually that puts all the power in their court and eventually it you know this has a predict- predictable outcome might makes right um, and, and that's why I firmly believe that the spread of God's truth, the spread of the message of Jesus is is really the way the world heals. It's not because I'm a fanatic Christian. It's because there has to be an ultimate truth that's outside of us. There has to be a creator God that we are all accountable to. Otherwise, we are destined to fight ourselves and to kill ourselves and to become like the animals. That's, that's the ultimate reality of, of the world we're living in. We are living in a world starved for a quest for meaning. And um, again, those are my comments. But as I'm reading this chapter today, that's kind of the, the conclusion that I feel like I come to when I'm reading this. So um, hopefully that doesn't offend anybody. But um, great, great reading today. Really a head scratcher. Mm-hmm.